Hi, I'm Fisher Nahida. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP podcast that is led by Supreme Leader Giovanni. DeFi, what is going on in PvP? Well, we just finished up the Open Ultra League and Sunshine Cup, and I wish I had another couple days of Sunshine Cup. I have Mm. been on a roll. I have been climbing, which never happens. I actually hit a season high of 27.18 with Sunshine Cup. So I think if I could have had a couple more days, I could have hit Expert. Uh, I was doing really well with Wildcat Dad's team, which was Vigoroth, Noctowl, and Piloswine. Uh, being in the back. Piloswine did really well against all those Nido Kings that I saw, did really well against all of the um all the birds, the Pidgeots and the Noctowls. So really yeah. liked it. All the grass Pokemon as well. Mm-hmm. Yep, you can hit back. There were a lot like Shadow Razor Leafers were difficult because you ended up only being able to get off one charge move. So that was difficult. However, uh still did pretty well. I had Noctowl in the back too for Shadow Razor Leaf. Saw a lot of like Razor Leaf Gorgeist, yeah. which was yeah. wild. <laughs> um, I think it's uh, very generous to to credit that to Wildcat Dad because at pretty much every person on the planet was running Vigoroth and Noctowl in their teams. <laughs> true, true, Wild- but not pile. I saw very very little pile of swine. Very yeah. few pile of swine. Um, I think there was another, a couple other trainers who were running that team, but uh, like I saw Myrta Liz running it, and I think she grabbed it from someone else. So again, it's hard to like credit people, but that's who I learned it from. I yeah, learned it sure. from Wildcat Dad. Again, shout out to the BTW podcast. They're great. If you want, mm. you know, our podcast now is more like an hour or a little over. <laughs> if you want three hours of this all at one time, <laughs> including a lot of tangents, Go check out BTW Podcast, Beginner to Winner. Yeah, so I normally do the best in GBL when it's a really constricted meta because I tend to struggle with team reading. That's like the biggest thing that I have a problem with in Blind 3's format, working out what's in the back based on what Pokemon I've seen so far. Um, This seemed to me like it would be a meta where I would excel because, like I mentioned, everyone on the planet was running Vigoroth and Noctowl in some form. Didn't actually end up being the case. I did end up uh, not doing the best. I didn't drop... I, don't, I can't, can't actually remember if I uh, dropped or rose overall. But in the end, I just ended up switching to Ultra League for the last few days and, and did some climbing there with... Alolan Muck, Origin Form Giratina, and Shadow Dragonite. The Sunshine Cup team that I was using and enjoying using was Vigoroth Lead with Victini and Trevenant, which I like. I really enjoyed uh, running that because it, if I switched out of Vigoroth in the lead into the Victini, guaranteed everyone would would counter with the Noctowl. And so whether I won or lost that matchup between Victini and Noctowl, either way, it got the Noctowl out of the way for Trevenant to do some real damage in the back. Nice. Uh, I'm glad that you got a little bit of play there. Uh, with, and you said, you know, it's couldn't really remember if you were climbing so much as dropping, but... It was an enjoyable team. Yeah. 
that's half the that's half of it is playing with a team that you like. Yeah. Like I usually I try to find a team that I like and just stick with it for the whole week. Yeah, yeah, same here. Um there there's usually a little bit of chopping and changing if I think a team's just not working. Like if if I encounter a specific Pokemon that just keeps on punching a hole in the team, then I'm like, well, okay, no, I need to fix up that hole. But other than that, yeah, once I sort that out, then I tend to stick to a, a team for a while. All right. We only have two weeks left of the season. This week it's Open Master League and the Little Element Cup. Little Element Cup, 500 CP or under. It's a, a little cup with only fire, grass, and water type Pokemon eligible and only Pokemon that are able to evolve and have not even once evolved yet are eligible. Your top 10, these are the main Pokemon you're going to be seeing. Uh, regular and Shadow Ducklet since, and Chinchow are going to be the most popular since that wing attack buff. You're going to see those two pretty much on every team. Uh, to round it out, then you'll have regular and shadow Vulpix, regular and shadow Bulbasaur, Salandit, Vulpix, Shadow Wooper, Pharaoh Seed, Laleep with a little asterisk. It has to be that Bullet Seed Laleep. Almost nobody has that, but it's there. It exists. Uh, Tortuga. And then I'm going to kind of ignore that Laleep and also put in Shadow Chikorita. Seal is also mm -hmm. really good with Ice Shard. I want it, I want Dewpider to be good. I really want Dewpider yeah. to be really good. I have the rank one for Little Cup. It runs Bug Bite, Mirror Coat, and Bubble Beam. I think just because it doesn't have like a charge move that can actually knock something out. It has Water Pulse, but generally you want that Mirror Coat for coverage. Yeah, and I guess the top three Pokemon in the meta being Shadow Ducklet, Regular Ducklet, and Chinchow. All three of those would beat the Dewpider quite comfortably, so I guess that would push the Dewpider down a reasonable amount. But it would do pretty well against most other things in these rankings. I agree, which is why I want it to be good. But it's just... It's just not there. Um, Ducklet and Chinchow, when you put them together on PV Poke, I'll even mess with the advanced settings. How about that? I will even... <laughs> Go to the advanced settings and do shadow Pokemon, rate team. Has an A for coverage. Of course it um, does. There is nothing in the core meta that beats it. Only opposing Chinchow. But there would be things that come pretty close. Like that was, I mentioned, uh, I believe last week, um, that the last time I hit Legend, I was running a double Razor Leaf uh, backline in Element Cup. And that's because like, uh, even against fire type Pokemon or, you know, Ducklet with its wing attack, um, it can just pummel those things with so much Razor Leaf damage that uh, it can put it in, like, even if it doesn't win the matchup, it can put it into the red and make it farmable by another Pokemon. You could maybe uh, hit a Ducklet with a whole bunch of Razor Leafs, and then once that goes down, you can come in with your own ducklet maybe shield a charge move from them but then come out with your own charge move by the end of it and you know brave birds some suckers yep and you can hard wall kind of either one like cottony uh and lotad like really comfortably chikorita wins against it whooper wins against it bulbasaur so there's a lot of things that have pretty hard wins um probably your closest to beating them both would be, again, like those Bulbasaurs and Chikoritas. 
It's basically the same as Lantern. It's it's like Chinchou does amazing against everything except those grass Pokemon where it absolutely gets its butt handed to it. Mm-hmm. Just like Daddy Lantern. But yeah, Ducklet is just Ducklet just seems um, impossible. Like you, can, I feel like Ducklet mm-hmm. Double Razor Leaf would be one of the best things you could run here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, d- double Razor Leaf. I <laughs> sound like the way to go. But then again, I feel like that'll also be very, very common as well. So maybe uh, we need to come up with a team that addresses Ducklet Double Razor Leaf. Fomantis looks kind of good. It comes close to beating Ducklet. Like it doesn't get, like it's not bad. Um, mm. Ducklet, Shadow Ducklet, the battle rating's 400 um, with Fury Cutter, Leaf Blade, and Grass Knot. Marini comes close to beating Ducklet, but it loses really hard to Chinchow. I don't know. I'm gonna have to think on it. Yeah, for a second, I for for just a, a brief shining moment, I was like, I was just looking at our notes, and I'm like, oh, maybe Kyrum, Kyrum could. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute, <laughs> that's our next section. <laughs> no, that's next. Speaking of the Master League, let's go ahead and talk about it. So, in addition to Little Element Cup, uh, we'll have Open Master League this week and next week. Your PV Poke Top Ten: Groudon, Regular, and Shadow Lugia, Giratina Altered with the legs, Solgaleo, Kyrem, Dragonite, Meloetta, Regular and Shadow Mewtwo, Zacian, and Rayquaza are your top ten there. If Open Master League is your thing, and then, like I mentioned, you can continue it into May 24th and June 1st. We will have Open Master League and Catch Cup Rising Heroes Edition. According to the text, it says, according (laughs) to the copy, it's a Great League Cup where only Pokemon that have been caught during this Catch Cup are eligible. No mythicals. So I will not be playing that because I'm not going to build stuff <laughs> that I just bought that week. It's not going to happen. But I also don't have Open Master League. Like looking at that list, the only of the top ten, the only Pokemon I have is Dragonite. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I I can definitely build a Dragonite. It's tough. It's tough to decide. I mean, you can pick premier Pokemon like non legendaries and non mythicals and have a focus on if possible have a focus on ones that also translate to open master league such as dragonite yeah what other pokemon so i could also but like florgis i'm waiting on a hundo to build a florgis i also don't have the xl candy quite yet gyarados i have that's pretty mm-hmm. good with dragon breath aqua tail and crunch yep melmetal i do have that's not something you can use in premiere but that so i have that mamaswine i could build i don't think i've built that one yet I don't know. I'll work. I'm thinking on it. What do I want? I'm thinking on what I want to build. Which hundo do I want to sink a ton of investment in? <laughs> so that is the GBO rotation for the rest of the season. One other thing worth mentioning, uh, we think this might be a good place to mention it, is that, and um, Chris and Carl will definitely have mentioned it in the main show, but we wanted to uh, say something about it here too. The Master Ball is now coming to pokemon go uh it's being tied to some end of season research you get one ball and you've got to decide very carefully on how to use it i personally at like there it's no question for me i'm absolutely going to wait for if i ever get a galarian bird in my daily incense and use it for that yeah (laughs) and i'm gonna wait i'm gonna make sure it's a galarian bird that has like great league 
eligibility a cp yeah yeah um uh, but i also wanted to uh refer back to something we talked about last week where um we we were talking about things that could be introduced into the game and if they are you know potentially like big game breaking features or advantages then we, we talked about the idea of just making them really difficult to achieve or obtain and how I, I thought that uh, difficulty increasing the difficulty wasn't necessarily the right answer, but I didn't give any actual solutions as to what would be the right answer and how you would handle it. I think this is actually perfect. Um, making it something that it, it doesn't have to be really difficult to achieve, but make it like time gated. Like you get one a season or one a year or whatever, like one every six months or whatever, whatever the time period is. If you get, one of these things we we talked about like bottle caps or hyper training uh, etc like if you get the opportunity to use or obtain that feature uh once every six months or, or so and you get to make your decision if you have control over where you put that resource and then you don't get another one for another six months i think that's actually a really really good way to handle these things yeah, it's not like you can effectively like bank a bunch of them if you only get them like two a year. Yeah, exactly. Like if um a lot a lot of the context of this conversation was in like being able to IV train your Pokemon in in some way. Like I'm sure if you could do that to one Pokemon every season or <laughs> or something like that, then that absolutely wouldn't break the game. It wouldn't stop you from having to go out and hunt for the the right pokemon in most in all other situations so i think that's that's a really good way to do it all right with that we have a very bummer of a self check-in fish (laughs) added a, a bit of a preface to it to last week's episode because the news dropped right after we recorded uh the next day but Sylph is ceasing operations so they titled their reddit post the end of an era After seven extraordinary years, the Silk Road team is ceasing operations. Thank you all for joining us on this remarkable journey. This is the entire Silk Road. So the community map, the Nest Atlas, traveler cards with the community day check-ins, the ambassador programs only going to be done through Niantic, Silk Arena uh, will close. The Silk Research Group will stay open in the Discord server. But they will no longer have, like, the Sylph website. They're going to go through Reddit instead. So, But we're going to focus here on the Sylph arena. Specifically, Chris and Kyle might focus on some of the other aspects of it. Uh, But specifically for the Sylph arena, it will remain operational until this season concludes with an updated season schedule. We can continue to talk about that. The Sylph team has put in a lot of remarkable effort and work, all volunteer run, over the seven years that it was in operation. 135,210 PvP tournaments were hosted on the Sylph arena website, where... 3,923,894 matchups were played to date, Mm. which is incredible. Mm. Absolutely incredible. It's a volunteer-run community. (laughs) And it it had no business model, no in-app purchases, no charge. It was an entirely grassroots initiative. It was an entirely a grassroots project. It was powered by love. Yes. 
uh, and a lot of thankless work by TOs, uh, tournament operators. Yeah, um, it's it's a shame. For those who might not be fully aware of what the Silverina meant and what they do, uh, they basically, when PvP first became a feature in the game, the Sylph Road created this this extra branch of their operation called the Silph Arena and created this this uh, global ecosystem of competition. Um, and like they they came out with it really really quickly, and it was pretty much almost perfect from the start. Like the um, the system that they came up with just made so much sense and it was amazing watching in the first year of pvp being a thing it was amazing watching the thing explode (laughs) and like that like to see them getting tournaments together with with literally hundreds of people this is you know several years before play pokemon was doing it this was all a like DeFi said grassroots initiative it's where Myself and DeFi both got into PvP. I've said before that I would not have lasted long at all playing Pokemon Go if it weren't for um, specifically the Silver Arena. And it was during that time period that a lot of the things we know today about PvP were first discovered. So I remember, you know, discussion in our local community, some people were hearing about how uh, no, no, you don't have you don't use uh, hundos in your <laughs> in, as your IVs. You you have to have a low attack. And the first time I heard that, I'm like, what? That makes no sense. <laughs> and then when we uh, realize that this is actually the case, we're all looking at our at our uh, Pokemon that we've deleted <laughs> in the past, and we've been like, oh no, <laughs> what have we done? Uh, things like uh, discovering how good Vigoroth is in any meta that it's eligible in, and like other Pokemon, like the idea of a sack swap was invented in one of the early season one cups uh the idea of an abb line you know that was created in that early silverina period and i don't actually know how true this story is but the story that i've heard is that during the first ever north american continental championships where you know there were hundreds of, of battlers all kind of standing out in the rain <laughs> watching uh, these two people fight it out for the Continental Championship. Uh, there was some kind of product manager for Pokemon Go in attendance there that night, and uh, I, I'd connect the dots myself. Like, this isn't confirmed or anything in, a, in any sort of public sense, but I connect the dots myself that that's what led to the creation of Go Battle League. And then over time, Go Battle League became like the premier form of PvP and the landscape of the game changed also due to COVID as well. That that did some things to that as well. But um, times changed. Silphorina evolved as much as they could, but um, they were the reason that we are all here. And that's kind of what I wanted to get out with with that long-winded story is that like that the the efforts and the passion of the people who were in it in that first year paved the way for what would become the pvp scene that we love today and so i'm 
think it's a it's really sad that they're leaving and i thank them for everything they've done yep i could not agree more with the sentiment that the silf arena is how so many of us got our start like i just when i read the news i was just in shock Mm. i couldn't believe it and it's i still can't believe it the big thing for me that's kept me doing stuff i've been you know still doing my turn like my four tournaments a month that i do for individual self Mm. but factions has been so near and dear to my heart when the news dropped uh everyone in my faction like we were devastated at the idea of not being able to compete together as a team anymore yeah and that's what has kept a lot of us going and has kept a lot of people invested and interested in pvp uh has been factions so that has been such a big deal the camaraderie uh that i've been able to develop with the the women of my faction it's it's irreplaceable yeah and you're not alone because um solo sylph we we you know you have to call a spade a spade solo sylph was declining in in popularity there uh someone actually pvp steve told me recently that there were at the time 3300 people that were ranked rival and above on the global leaderboards now that that's a a shadow of what it you know was back in the the heyday but Mm -hmm. factions had i believe has even more players than that already it's only been in effect for like a year or, or a year and a half something like that and it was growing as well so factions was on the way up and that's another example of how the sylph arena adapted wonderfully to the changing landscape of the game exactly so again thank you to everybody all of the volunteers at the self arena especially our tos judges they did a lot of thankless work and a Mm. lot of it was not fun most of the time but (laughs) it was incredibly important Mm. and yeah end of an era in the meantime we should talk about what this means for the self arena Uh, Continental championships are going to change. It's going to be harder to get to Continentals. Uh, It looks like there won't really be regional championships, is my understanding from this update. Continentals, there's going to be no more battle towers. You don't get an invite to Continentals for sweeping tournaments, no, no wild card tournaments. And national leaderboard and global rank will be the remaining Continental championship classification methods. So it doesn't seem like they're doing regionals. They're just going to do continentals. And it's going to be very limited for the invites. So only like the very top players of each region, like the top three national competitors kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Um. So very, very limited. And then that's going to be July 15th to 16th. The world championship will be the weekend of July 29th to the 30th. And that'll be 16 battlers. That's it. <laughs> Just those 16 for Worlds. And it'll be the same meta as Continental. So Continental and Worlds will be the same meta. So we'll cover that as it comes. The last uh, self-Continental and World Championships. Factions is also going to proceed, I think, pretty similar to normal until Sylph kind of goes dark lights out. Okay, so according to their Factions postseason update, again, it'll be... Cycle 4 is going to continue as scheduled. The Factions World Championship and King of the Hill tournaments will 
finish by that August 1st deadline, the day that Silk Road will completely cease operations. They're kind of going to do a slow phasing out. The Silk Arena is going to be one of the last things to go. So there will be 28 teams for the Silk Factions World Championship, and Silk Factions King of the Hill is going to be now open for any faction that wants to join not playing in the Factions World Championship. And again, their final words, I think, are very impactful. So I think we Mm -hmm. can end end kind of this section of the Silk check-in here with while factions was the newest format of the Silk arena it had been wildly successful the passions of the entire factions community from owners and competitors casters content creators spectators and our volunteer staff and referees created a unique competitive environment that spanned the globe and has created unforgettable history we thank all you all for being part of factions so far and we look forward to having you be here for an unforgettable 2023 factions championship season it's it's all like it feels very cinematic to me. Like it's um like I'm I'm getting very very vivid imagery of you know a, an empty you know warehouse space where the lights are slowly uh, being turned off one by one <laughs> across the floor. Uh, just the way they've uh, gone back to the Silk Road uh, Reddit announcement where they've talked about their timeline of shutting down. I'm reading here August first. Silk.gg's final season concludes. And the Arena Hall of Fame is snapshotted and archived for posterity. Traveler's cards are snapshotted and archived for posterity. We pull the plug and the last remaining Sylph services go dark. Like, that's like, it feels almost apocalyptic. Like, it's um, just uh, just picturing someone, you know, Executive Dropes, who was uh, one of the, the, the first creators of the whole Sylph Road, just picturing him, you know, at the Sylph building locking the door for the final time, giving it a last wistful look and then walking away to to New Horizons. Yeah. That's <laughs> definitely that's the cinematic, you're right. Like if you were to watch like the end of a movie where they have that the lights clicking out row by row, mm-hmm. that's that's kind of what this is. And again, not arena, but no more community event check-ins. No mm. more <laughs> like it's that all ends this month in yeah. May. The only thing that Silk Road's really going to be continuing to do will be the arena. The arena is going to be the longest thing mm-hmm. that lasts. Everything else starts phasing out kind of now. But to look forward, look, this is all coming to an end, but uh, this has roused the community in a, a way that I have not seen in a long time. And there are a lot of community leaders who are very passionately holding discussions as to what the next phase of grassroots PvP will be. I, d- I don't know. We don't know exactly what that's going to look like. No one knows exactly what it's going to look like right now, but we can probably pretty safely say there will be something. There will definitely be something, but that something isn't going to happen tomorrow or next week or next month. It takes time to build a website. And if we want to make whatever the next iteration of the platform is for team competition, individual competition for grassroots. I think the people involved really want to make it the best it can possibly be. Cause that's what this, the passionate members of our community, that's what we deserve. So that is going to take a lot of time and it might not be ready for a while, but there are a lot of great people working on it behind the scenes people with big ideas, people who are great at metas, people who are good at all the coding C sharp uh, yeah, a lot of nonsense developer <laughs> stuff that I don't even un- 
remotely understand. Java uh, people, and <laughs> yeah, all people so much smarter than I am yeah. are working really, really hard for the community to make something that is commu- uh, br- something brand new that is entirely community driven. And I'm really excited. I'm sad and I am mourning the self arena and the self road community. However, I am also optimistic for the future and what we can build together. So we are going to shut the doors on the Silph Arena section and we're going to move on to play Pokemon, which has a lot of stuff going on. This weekend we have Hartford in Connecticut happening with 174 players registered. My word, D5. Malmo in Sweden is also happening that weekend and 95 registered for that. That is really exciting as well. It is. And we have our caster announcement for Pokemon Go for Hartford. We have Will Dunphy, also known as Speediest Chief, Mark Sun, Steven Sanders, also known as Tuo Butters, and Jim Lawson, also known as Wholesome underscore or Wholesome Pogo on Twitter. Uh, For if you take a look over the ocean, we also have the Malmo Regionals, and that is going to be Lundberger, Lou the Pikachu, Adelian, and Koning Lionheart are all going to be casting there. So very, very exciting for the Swedish Regional Championships as well. And this is one of the last... This actually is the last weekend of the current meta. If we get some new meta shifts with the new update, cross our fingers, no more boom burst. We're good (laughs) on boom burst. We don't need any more. This will be the last weekend of that meta. And then we have fish coming up the weekend. The the next tournament is. (laughs) It's mega weekend. (laughs) Milwaukee in Wisconsin is open and 32 are currently registered for that. Torino in Italy has 117 players registered and Santiago Chile is sold out at 64 spots. Then the following weekend, we have Fresno in California, USA, June 9th to 11th. Registration's open, 44 registered for that. NAIC, registration open today. I got my registration. I'm ready to go to compete. I can't build my team yet because I don't know what the new the meta. <laughs> meta is going to be, but I am excited. And I can give you just on day one of NAIC... We have 134 players registered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be absolutely pumping, that, that one. Uh, do, do you know if they have a cap? I'm thinking it would be 256, I'm thinking. Okay, so that's what EUIC was, right? Yeah, I'm really hoping we get at least close to that 256. Uh, Hartford's 174. We got to beat Hartford, right? We got to gotta do better than hartford so that'll be the goal for any ic yeah hartford's just a regional this is an ic (laughs) so really hoping that naic will go well i'm very excited this is likely going to be the only tournament i get to compete in this season just like last season i only competed at naic and i'm very excited i made it on stage i got to battle on you know live on the stream i lost because i didn't shield an earthquake i'm never ever ever gonna forget that (laughs) and i will always shield walrein earthquakes from now on every time always Always. take note competitors (laughs) 
<laughs> Tag note opponents. <laughs> I will always shield. But not if you bait. Then I then I won't shield. Then but anytime I, it's an okay. earthquake, I will shield. So okay. So I if I throw earthquake, you you will shield. And if I bait, you won't shield. Do, exactly. do I need to like do I need to send you my plans ahead of time? Oh no, I can read your mind. It's fine. Okay, cool. So finally, we have Yokohama, Japan, um, happening August eleventh to thirteenth. Currently, how many people qualify for that? It's like, it's it's getting up there. It's, I want to say I'm gonna guess sixty uh, odd players. Oh no, we've got it's got to be close to a hundred because we only yeah. have. If you look at it, there's I think it's a hundred and thirty four registered player. Um competitors i will have to look they show it on the streams so like all the names and how many slots are left but if you think about it we have one two three four five six regionals so that's two slots each Mm. plus naic which is four so that's 12 plus four is 16 slots left wow yeah that's it that's it You've got 16 chances to make it. Well, I mean, no, nobody has 16 chances to make it because these are happening all over the world. So, uh, like, the, the North Americans have, like, four more chances. Uh, uh, four, eight. Eight. Eight more chances, yeah, because of the uh, NAIC. Um, the Europeans have probably four more chances, the Torino one and the Malmo one, depending on, you know, what they can get to. Um, APAC... Well, Australia at least has no more opportunities, but there might be some other qualifiers happening, like in some of the Asian countries that um, that I'm not aware of at the moment. Right, because Play Pokemon doesn't run those. That's run yeah. by, like, that's the split between the Pokemon Company and the Pokemon Company International (TPCI), which Play Pokemon works with TPCI. They're yeah. they're in the same category. The Pokemon Company runs them, runs the qualifiers that happen in Japan. Makes it very annoying for reporting, Tifa. Yes, it does. Uh, but we'll make it work. I think that's it, though, for Play Pokemon. We just have a really quick message in the mailbag from Super Flash talking about their Sunshine Cup team. They used Bibarel. I think what they meant to type here was a Celebi and a Typhlosion in Sunshine Cup. And they've been winning a lot, which is very cool. Good mm. for you. I love hearing about people using Pokemon that they like. And that they think are fun and winning. It's a good feeling. Yeah, for sure. And it does look fun to me. Like, I like using Bibarel when I can. Uh, I love a Typhlosion. Celebi I haven't used very much. I, I don't know. I, I, like, I would like to try it because it, it seems like fun. It would have, it's got that Grass Psychic typing and it's got Confusion or Magical Leaf now as a fast move. Um, it's got Seed Bomb... Psychic. Psychic, yeah, and Future Sight. Nope. So, so I've got it pulled up. Oh. Celebi, Psychic, Seed Bomb, Leaf yep. Storm, oh, Hyper Leaf Beam. Storm. Yeah, Hyper sure. Beam. <laughs> Let's go, Hyper Beam and Boom Dazzling Gleam. No, no Boom Burst. Okay. Get um, that out of here. Get that <laughs> out of here. Ancient Power? No. No? <laughs> How about Aerial Ace? No. <laughs> And I mean, it's not like, what does it beat? What does Celebi win against? In the Sunshine Cup? Yeah, in Sunshine Cup. Swampert, obviously. Like, it would do really well against um, Galarian Stunfisk. Vigoroth, Diggersby. You're going to lose really hard to Noctowl, though. Oh, yeah. 
like insanely difficult to not. Yeah, tell. I mean, probably no less than what Trevenant would though. True. So, and that's that's what I I always always bring up this point. I call it the toxic rogue principle, and this is going back to you know uh, learning things from early Sylph. Like this is a principle that I learned from early Sylph, where like. Toxicroak was huge in one of the really, really early, I think it was the second meta, Twilight Cup. Um, Toxicroak was huge there. It had this major weakness, this one major weakness in Confusion users. And so Venomoth uh, skyrocketed in popularity because of the popularity of Toxicroak. But that didn't scare all the Toxicroak off. Toxicroak was still just fine. All you had to do was avoid alignment, which is, of course is easier said than done. But um, like it's still fine to run pokemon that have really large weaknesses um you just have to be mindful of your alignment except trevenant don't run trevenant if you're coming to a play absolutely not play pokemon like in the play in show six trevenant's not been doing so hot and play to bring it back to play pokemon yeah like i think we're seeing a decline we'll we'll have to see what happens if anything happens in the the meta shift but yeah trevenant hasn't been as popular because people don't get like getting locked in to that um that rock paper scissors yeah, yeah. knock towel Which lantern trevenant is is fair because that's exactly what i was on record as like that was my major goal with my team that made waves at the time you know it, my goal was to avoid i i really didn't want any matchup to come down to alignment i wanted to be able to play around with shield advantage you know energy usage hp management uh i I wanted my matches to come down to those factors not lining up my noctowl against their trevenant or avoiding getting my trevenant locked against the noctowl or the lantern against the trevenant blah 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 blah. and with that i think we can do our shameless plugs as well as our shout outs fish pallet town who is getting shouted out here so just a couple to mention that we have Trollmix who has hit Veteran and Hugo Boa who has hit Legend. Well done to those two. In the GoCast server, we've got a bit happening. We've got Fire Drillin who has hit 1 million lifetime Stardust in Go Battle League and also got themselves a starting ELO of 2164 and then built it up to 2246, which, uh, what do you say, was the, the first time that he'd gotten to rank 20 in years is that was yeah yeah i mean he's got a kid now life happens yeah but that is huge so congratulations carlo for getting past that and i think this next one deserves a bit of a drum roll (laughs) because it's pretty this is a pretty big deal triptando number 16 on the global go battle league leaderboard congratulations that is massive not just first page but 16th that is really cool trip tondo congratulations i feel like it was only a matter of time <laughs> yeah i know trip tondo is fantastic fantastic battler uh really fun and yeah con- huge congratulations to all of our shout outs uh but that last one's pretty big that's pretty big deal that's something you like take a pretty screenshot big. of and frame on the wall Frame on the wall, yeah. <laughs> um, that, or at least you up. put it, maybe you just put it on the refrigerator. It's one of those, like, I'm going to put this on the fridge. Put put it uh, in a little frame on your office desk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when people come in, they can they can see it and be like, whoa, this guy's important. 
Also, I just want to continue uh, pointing out that all month long, I am raising money for St. Jude to combat children's cancer. I'm currently at $1,100, I set a new goal of $2,000. Uh, so hopefully we can hit that. My original goal of $500 got blown out of the water completely. But now I've set a new, more appropriate goal because this community is the GOAT, uh, the Pokemon Go community in general. And $2,000 is the goal now. I've got my bean boozled. I, I, I did a test one and got old bandage and it was very bad. It was unpleasant. <laughs> I also have Tabasco sauce as an incentive. So if you donate so much, you can see me do that on stream. And I don't, I don't handle spicy food well. So that would be that would be a spectacle to see me eat anything spicy. I definitely want to see it. Then you got to donate. St. Jude, the world sucks. Let's do things together to make it suck less. Wise words. Wise words. Um, so to close out, we love hearing from you. If you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi to address, you can direct it to pvpcorner at gocastpodcast.com. You can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the GoCast PO box. Take a look at the show description for the phone number or the PO box address in the show description. You can also click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us. And may the leads be forever in your favor. You're just going to keep saying it. I'm, I'm going to keep, keep saying it. I'm just going to keep saying no. Like it's, <laughs> it's cheesy. It's corny. Mm, yeah, that's what makes it so good. Mm.